0: On this episode of Common Mystics, we delve into the terrifying phenomenon of demonic possession. I'm Jennifer James. I'm Jill Stanley. We're psychics. We're sisters. We are Common Mystics. We find extraordinary stories in ordinary places. And this week, we bring you part one of a two-part bonus series on possession. And we are scared shitless to have this conversation. Seriously, <laughs> what are we doing, Jill? Why? How did, we, how did we land on this topic? Because we were like, well, what's the scariest thing we could think of? <laughs> you know, I remember last year around halloween and i i believe that i suggested that we actually go to a cemetery at night and do a ritual do you remember that yeah i do and i was like
1: who has control of you right
0: now i was like where is my sister bring her back to me seriously a year later i am not the skeptic that i used to be to be (laughs) i'm serious like i went into this thinking how many stories are we actually going to find no like stuff is really happening Do you know what I mean? And now I'm like, I don't even know if I want to talk about possession because like I legit believe now that it could happen.
1: (laughs) I am so terrified about this topic because I don't want to seem overconfident, but I also don't want to seem like a big old wuss. So I don't know how (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) land, but I think we should just push through this and just know we have a healthy respect for the paranormal. (laughs) Yeah. So why did we pick this topic, Jen?
0: We grew up um, with certain assumptions about the way you know the the spiritual world works, and we believe in the devil, obviously, and we believe in demons. Oh yeah. And we both saw The Exorcist at a very young age.
1: <laughs> the documentary, The Exorcist,
0: because <laughs> that's how we looked at it. it. Explain that. Explain how we could watch something like The Exorcist and think that it's like a documentary.
1: Okay, so we grew up, as you know, in a very Catholic family. Our grandmother has her own history with the paranormal and um, the devil. And so when we're watching The Exorcist at a very young age, where we're already aware of our grandma's issue with the devil, we're seeing this as like, oh no, this can really happen.
0: Right, right. And if you haven't listened to our bonus pod on grandma. Please go back and listen to that from season one. We talk about her interactions with uh, the devil.
1: And the thing is with with grandma is that she was such a powerful, strong, like her faith you could stand on. It was mm-hmm. solid. It was a rock. True. I don't have that fortitude. So if something came after grandma, it would be different if something was coming after me, right? Like right. grandma,
0: like, right. Grandma was equipped to deal with that kind of boo Mm-hmm. Right, not this old girl. Not, uh-uh. no, not, no. not us. No, we had a little bit of an experience in Rome City, if you'll recall. I do recall. I didn't like it. You know, honestly, mm. Jennifer. What?
1: I, just side note. In the past, when I would talk to people about like how can you tell if something's evil or how can you tell if you're talking to your angels, they're like it's a different vibration. It's a different vibration, and I never understood what that meant. And I honestly really believe this. Because people would, like even us, we're like, I don't, hell if I know if I'm talking to my guardian angel, if I'm Mm -hmm. talking to like, you know, whomever. Right. When we were at Rome City and the first thing I felt was foreboding, Mm -hmm. I've never said that word before in my life. And when we were there, I said it like seven times like that feeling of overwhelming darkness, you were mm-hmm. feeling like you needed to flee. Mm-hmm. The Even seeing the black, like the shadows were darker. The black was denser there. It just felt like it was a heavier space that we literally, when we saw the statue of the Blessed Virgin in Rome City, we're like, oh my God, thank God. Like, where have you been? <laughs> there is some shit going down here, right? Mm-hmm, and I mm-hmm. think without sounding woo-woo that's really how it feels it's like darker heavier Mm -hmm. it's not just scary it's it's foreboding it's different it's 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 sorrowful scary Mm -hmm. it's
0: like hopelessness like the dementors in harry potter okay well let's start at the beginning what is possession exactly are you asking me So
1: according to my notes, possession, and this is from Wikipedia, a spirit possession is an unusual or altered state of consciousness and associated behaviors purportedly caused by the control of a human body by spirits, ghosts, demons, or God. Yeesh. Jen. Yes. Continue. Can you elaborate on that?
0: <laughs> well, I was actually really surprised to learn that there are so many societies around the world that subscribe to this idea of possession. Jennifer, possession is one of the most widely held religious beliefs
1: in the
0: world. Wow. I don't know what to say to that. It's It scares me, quite honestly. You, you quote something here in the outline. According to Hindawi.com, in a global survey of 480 88 societies 90% had one or more institutionalized cultural patterned forms of altered states of consciousness and in 252 societies such experiences were attributed to possession and in most cultures the possessing agents were thought to be spirits of deceased individuals deities animals or devils However, the identity of these appears to depend on the culture. Well, that just makes sense. No, oh, totally.
1: Totally. It doesn't make me um doesn't make me feel good that this is so um widespread, pervasive.
0: Yeah. Mhm. I know. It makes me want to take it more seriously.
1: Yeah, and even though this is like a cultural phenomenon, like this is mythical and religious based. Mm-hmm. Psychologists have been studying possession. Even as recently as 2019, there was a case study. Can you look at the outline and tell me about that?
0: Yeah, there is a 2019 study that we found in the Biomed and Central website. It goes over a research article about possession and it describes two different types of possession. There is a transitory possession, which is like there's an individual who encounters like a stressful situation and is possessed for a short duration of time, okay? Mm-hmm. But there's also something that is termed intermittent possession. And in this sort of possession, the possessed person appears to have been entirely taken over by a spirit or other supernatural force, although the expression of that possession kind of waxes and wanes. So it's still inside you. It's just not acting up right now.
1: Oh, God. OK, so first, the first type that you described, the um, transitory, transitory mm-hmm. you know, that can be kind of helpful. Like if your angels kind of step in and like bring you through a situation that could
0: be traumatic, that I'm down with that. You know what? In that article, that that research article I was reading, they talked about how, yeah, the transitory possession, that short term possession was often beneficial
1: yeah, for me, I have such a strong relationship with my heavies on the other side. If someone like my mom or my grandma or my angels wanted to help me along in that way, they already have my back and my permission. So I yeah. wouldn't need stages. Like, you know what I mean? Like I right. wouldn't need different stages um,
0: to get my attention to give that type of permission. Right. Well, you and I have also talked about times in our lives when we have been in very stressful um, positions where we needed to either perform or really step it up. And we literally called on our heavies to come down and help. And you describe it as like opening your mouth sometimes, like at a conference, and stuff will just spill out of your mouth. And you know it's not from your brain, right? Absolutely. So that's Absolutely. what I think of. And and that's actually what the study said. But the intermittent possession that is like the devil moves in. That's not cool, man. Um, mm. That is almost always malevolent, as you can mm. imagine.
1: Jesus Christ. Okay.
0: In a good way, <laughs> Jesus. In a good way.
1: Bringing them <laughs> in. Bringing him in. Bring him but
0: Jill, in. It's, it starts with degrees. Okay. A lot of times when that happens, there were warning signs before that you weren't paying attention to.
1: Okay, okay. <laughs> Foolish. So that's the bright side. <laughs> oh, step one. Give me the first degree of what a possession
0: would look like. Like the, the warning signs. Okay. Okay. So uh the first degree is infestation. Ooh. So basically a spirit or other entity kind of invades your space. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about like um comes into your house. Or your office or your physical space. So it hasn't like gotten into your body yet, but it's like around you. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It does. So like flickering lights. Mm -hmm. Objects moving. Moving
1: objects. Okay. And how you deal with that is going to really determine if you're going to the next level exactly, of, or next degree of possession, right? So like right. if you're engaging in a really intrigued way, like, oh, look at you. The door's just opening. My goodness. That could be like a, uh, a signal to the malevolent spirit, like, hey, they're into it. She's down with this. So then right. what happens?
0: Well, the next level is called oppression. Mm. And then it it appears that this other entity is starting to influence your thoughts, emotions in a negative manner. So there might be anxiety, or nightmares, illness, fatigue.
1: What's so insidious about this is that it, it, it is coming from you. It's from the inside out. So you won't associate your anxiety with the door opening, and closing, with the likes flickering, with if you saw your Aunt Millie or who you believe is your Aunt Millie clicking on the keyboard. You know what I mean? That's why it's so insidious. You just assume you're having a hard time dealing with stress or you're gaining weight or the weather isn't right. So you're just
0: sad. Could be. Could be. But this makes me think of when you and I came back from Rome City and we were experiencing kind of anger towards each other. And we realized that it wasn't coming from us. When you were being mean to me for no reason? Mm-hmm. Or or vice versa, <laughs> which is usually the case. No, seriously. Oh I my think gosh. in th- In that example, there was no infestation first. Like there weren't like things moving around your house or, or happening that we noticed, it went right to influencing our thoughts and reactions to each other. Don't That's you think? That's friggin' scary. I know. Ah, oh, man. Okay. So, <laughs> Not
1: that friggin' thanks, Jen. Thank you, Jennifer.
0: All no, right. No, but we we told it to leave, and it did. Okay. It did Next. physically interact <laughs> just, with us. I can't. It I did can't. physically interact with us, but we told it to leave, and it did. If we hadn't, if we were into it, <laughs>
1: <laughs> we would be obsessed with it.
0: If we were like, You'd hey, be like, have a seat, have a glass of wine, stick around, things might have happened differently.
1: You guys, if something—I mean, honestly, if hold something, it, just save it,
0: save it for later. I
1: can't. Oh, it's burning. <laughs> it's burning in me. All okay. Right. Oh, really? All right.
0: Are we at Are we at the next level? <laughs> obsession, I'm just yeah. Obsession exactly. is the next level. Okay, so if you have progressed to obsession, then a person is constantly affected by this entity.
1: And again, it could be insidious. So what if – like let's just say what if you believe that you deserve a raise at work and so you you are just focused on getting a raise, getting a raise. You do a ritual or you – you know, whatever it takes to get a raise. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's obsession.
0: Mm-hmm. It doesn't Even have though- to be obsessed. About a ghost or about spirits. Exactly. Oh, it can be obsessed about anything,
1: anything because that right. energy, that determination, that makes you want to get something at any cost is Ooh. obsession.
0: Ooh. Mm-hmm. So you're okay. going to be
1: making questionable behaviors based on that obsession.
0: Wow, and so hard. You can see how it would be so hard to separate. Is it your own obsession or is it being fueled by something else outside of you? Exactly. I don't know. that shit's crazy. I, I don't even like to think about that. Okay, tell me
1: tell me the next one. The last degree of possession.
0: The last is is full-blown possession. And if you are possessed, then really, you lose your free will. like you you are no longer in charge of you of yourself, of your of your body. Whether temporarily, right, transitory, Mm -hmm. or Or intermittent, long-term, that waxes and wanes. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. That shit's messed up, Jill. Great. That's messed up. Oh,
1: great. Okay, so.
0: So what are the signs? (laughs) (laughs) For those at home who are wondering if they might be possessed, Jill, what are some of the signs? Well, your personality changes, and I would have to Mm. say not for the best. (laughs) Mm.
1: You become a little more see you next Tuesday. You become a little angry, short-fused. Acts of violence. Oh. You know? Throwing stuff around the house. Unusual movements of contortions. So, like...
0: Ooh. that always gets me when you're watching a movie and they start contorting in unnatural yeah. ways and the, that oh, always the gets
1: crackings me. Stop. the crack yeah Stop. Mm-hmm. um blasphemy and i don't mean saying swear words i mean straight up doing some dark things that you know purposefully is blasphemous against the lord okay i don't even want to name the names but you you you're feeling me on this right i'm i'm feeling
0: you i'm feeling okay. you it's a it's a place I don't even want to go to. Be yeah, I'm honest.
1: not going to describe it. Yeah, I just, yeah. Superhuman strength. I have that Ooh. anyway. <laughs> um, you have a, version... a lot of
0: these, by the way. I'm just it's saying shot. that I'm starting uh, oh to like God. check these boxes.
1: <laughs> it's either I'm a possessed or a superhero. <laughs> Which is it? Which is it, Jen? Jury's out. Aversion <laughs> um, um, to holy objects. Ah. I like holy objects. Just saying. You do
0: like holy objects.
1: Um, speaking in unfamiliar languages, that's another sign.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, knowledge of events or facts that were unknown to you. Okay. A little okay. psychic, a little clairvoyant. A little bit, little bit of psychic, yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So those are all signs um, that oh, you could Jill. be possessed. Oh, I'm starting to worry a little bit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I just have to say one thing because I think it's funny in this context. When you mm. actually started seeing your counselor. Dr. Lisa and you had to fill out like that question. I know. And the- they
1: were- yes. Yes. I was exactly thinking that Dr. Lisa and I were having a discussion about the DSM-5 and there was like 11 characteristics of this one mental illness. And if you had like five or seven of them, you were, you could be classified as having that, um, that type of mental illness. And that's exactly what it sounded like as we we're going through. How do you know you are possessed? Well, <laughs>
0: Well, that I really exactly. like the the question, well, do you hear voices outside your head or do you hear voices in your head? Yeah. And you said.
1: I did. I said, yes, but it's not what you think. <laughs> and I stand by that. I stand by that. I That's do. Awesome. I do, but it's not
0: what you think, doctor. Oh, my gosh. And I do think that we have to acknowledge that some of these are like legit psychological disorders and you need to see somebody if you're experiencing some of these.
1: This is right? the thing, though. I honestly believe that possession and psychological disorders can overlap. I don't think it has to be one or the other. But yeah, for sure. And do you know what, people? If you think you are possessed, do not say no to any therapy or psychological
0: eval. Because you know what? That can be beneficial whether you're possessed or not. Um, I do want to talk about what causes a person to fall prey to possession, Jill.
1: What's would increase your odds of being mm. a victim of possession.
0: Well, well put. Explain.
1: Uh well, your behavior.
0: Oh, what do you mean?
1: Jennifer, tell me. So like if you are just an overall horrible human being, like <laughs> No, for real. Like if you like get off on like causing confusion or instigating arguments or creating contention, that can be a problem. If you're manipulative, Mm. if you're controlling, Mm. if you prey on people's sympathies, if you have no remorse about doing that, or if you just generally are a cruel person and you get pleasure out of harm or pain that other people or animals are experiencing, that could that could bring about some, you know, some attention to you on the other side. Be like, well, they're into it. They're into it. Hold on.
0: Hold on. So what you're basically saying is what you put out into the world comes back to you, kind of, right? If you act in a certain way that is fueled by really negative, mean-spirited, hurtful, Ways, then you invite those same kind of energies back to you. Is that what you're saying?
1: I think yes, but I also feel like you're playing in that playground. Do you know what I mean? Like you're choosing to play in that playground. So it's not just about like what you're putting out. It's like where you roll.
0: Well, I mean, you're describing like really bad people. You're describing like Adolf Hitler here. No, I don't think so. Yeah, well, I don't I, do think I don't so. think so. I okay. think that some people.
1: I. I I think that some people at times cause, create confusion for whatever benefit. I think some people at times could be manipulative, controlling. And
0: what about about people who are in a rut, who aren't bad people, but maybe putting out negativity because they're feeling negativity inside? Is that like a different thing?
1: No, it's still a behavior. Okay. A behavior is a behavior. The reason why you're behaving a certain way is just the story of how you got there, but you're still behaving that way.
0: Okay. So you might be behaving in a way that attracts uh, negative entities tori- towards you and you might not even realize it.
1: Right. Or you may be just, that's where you're rolling. That's okay. what level you're on. Okay. That's just where your your vibration or that's just where you're rolling. Whether you're doing it because you're getting off on it or you're doing it just because that's where you end up rolling because you're having a bad day, you're still doing it. I'm not judging you. I'm just saying if that's where you're playing, it's like if you play with a knife, you're going to get cut.
0: Okay. So it puts you at risk Mm -hmm. for negative energies to come towards you. Right. Okay. So what else, aside for your behaviors, might cause a person to fall prey to possession? (sighs) <sighs> Jennifer,
1: if you are so foolish, the acts that you do can also bring attention to you. Okay, so
0: differentiate for me behaviors from acts.
1: Acts are actually action words, verbs, things that you're doing. So, like holding a seance, so ritualistic type mm-hmm. acts. Um, uh, uh, invoking, giving permission.
0: Okay. So acts are more willful and purposeful. Mm-hmm. Right. Willful and purposeful behaviors done for a specific result. Exactly. So calling or invoking spirits, conjuring spirits, Oof. inviting or giving permission for spirits to interact with you or come into your space. Talk to me about this one. Normalizing supernatural behavior. What do you mean by that? Because I think you and I normalize supernatural behavior to a certain extent.
1: I believe, as we said before, that our people on the other side talk to us in a very specific way. And we talked about this before, that mm-hmm. if you are of the light, you have means to get to us that is very comforting. It's mm-hmm. very controlled. They You use our circle reference. You, um, We see pictures in our mind's eyes. They have already that link to us. Mm -hmm. If something external, like the door opening and closing, or a light flickering on and off, if Mm -hmm. I normalize that behavior and be like, oh, that's just mom,
0: that's not how mom would communicate with me. Well, you've already had those conversations with mom in your head, and you've established how mom is going to communicate, and you've, you've been practicing that, so you know what that feels like when it's authentically mom.
1: Well- I know what it feels like to, to work with people of the light, and I know how it feels to feel a ghost presence. It's the same reason why we were afraid in McGraw
0: mm-hmm.
1: in, by the um, corset factory. We mm-hmm. knew something was there, mm-hmm. but we also knew that it didn't feel the same way as it would someone who was of the light.
0: Right, right. It was trying to scare us. It wasn't trying to make us feel comforted. Mm -hmm. It was trying to interact in a way that was to provoke fear. Yeah, and it likes that energy. So if
1: we, if we would have engaged with that spirit, and been like, this is this is them This trying to talk to us. Yeah, that would be a problem.
0: So do you think all those shows on like cable TV and are do you think that they are playing with things that maybe they shouldn't be? Because they do that all the time. They provoke spirit. I don't think you should ever provoke spirit, in my personal opinion. I don't think you should. I don't either. I think it's disrespectful. Yeah. And it's it might be asking for, for badness.
1: If you think that um there's a spirit somewhere and they're trying to get your attention, that's fine. Send Saint Michael. Send your heavies, send the, send the Lord, send love, send whoever. I'm just saying like that is don't normalize that behavior. Like, oh, they just want to talk to me. No. Right. No, right. I don't want to talk to you. Also, when normalizing spiritual behaviors, supernatural behaviors, there's a difference between an intelligent behavior and something Mm. that's on auto, right? Mm, So you may have a haunting of just that trapped energy that keeps going and doing the same thing.
0: That's different than purposefully knocking to get a result, right? Right. That's a good point. So what you're saying is if there is a ghost um, that's kind of caught in a loop that is walking from one part of my house to another part of my house, say in my bedroom, and it just happens, (laughs) happens all the time and I'm just used to it, that's more of something on a loop. It's not intelligent. It's not trying to communicate. It's just walking from point A to point B into the master bathroom right?
1: Wow, very specific. (laughs) Yes, indeed. It's not trying
0: to scare you. It's not trying to provoke anything. It's
1: just trapped energy for whatever reason. It's just doing that.
0: Okay. I wanted to say something about normalizing supernatural behavior because I had a friend or have a friend whose uncle passed away. And he noticed that um, a light bulb that was completely fine was flickering in his bathroom. And he started talking to it and it started responding and then he started telling his kids, "Hey, um this is your uncle Uncle Jesse." And the the kids were talking to the the light bulb that was blinking. It, what do you think about that? Because that kind of falls in that category of normalizing supernatural behavior, does it not? I think that that can be a real problem because why?
1: Because you don't know who's flickering that light bulb, right? Mm, And you're using that light bulb the same way you would be using a Ouija board. Mm -hmm. So if it was your Uncle Jesse, um, just say Uncle Jesse. Like in your head, talk to your Uncle Jesse. Don't keep talking to the light bulb. You don't know that light bulb is Uncle Jesse. Unless you said, hey, Uncle Jesse, I need to sign by Tuesday. Show me da-da-da or make the light bulb. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Setting up those things. If, y- yeah, that, that makes sense. That can be that very, sense.
0: very problematic. Right. Because you potentially could be interacting with a spirit. It could be ma- malevolent in nature. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeesh. I know. Okay. Um, Jill. Jennifer. You put something down on this outline that is creeping me out. What? What is that? What
1: are you talking about?
0: What causes a person to fall prey to possession and um, going to places that have lower vibrations?
1: This can ump um,
0: the risk factor. That's like what our whole podcast is about, basically. We are looking, (laughs) we go to a lot of cemeteries, Jill.
1: We do go to a lot of cemeteries. We go to a lot of scary
0: places. We go
1: to a lot of scary places, but we're going with the intention to give voice to the voiceless and we're going in um, not only in the protection and the light of the love and Lord, <laughs> but we're going with... Did you hear that, Lord? <laughs> <laughs> Same angle. Um, that's why we're going. And it's, it is scary because we're really vulnerable, but we grow, we, I believe, go with a crew. We go with an army of mm-hmm.
0: love and light to help and give voice to whomever may need our help. Right. We go with good intention. But your point is... If if you're the kind of person who just wants to go to known haunted places, known places with some scary energy, you just might be asking for something to to, you know, come your way, correct?
1: Yeah. Like for sure, there is no there is no way to go to a place and not have that risk. Nothing is risk proof. Mm. And mm-hmm. it is intriguing especially when you're a young kid. And you feel that energy for the first time and you want to be scared, but you mm-hmm. have to know that it's more, yeah, there is reason to be scared. You are experiencing something real.
0: You have a really good example of this. Explain. So,
1: Jennifer, the thing is, is that there is a notable haunted cemetery in the Chicagoland area. And in the 1990s, like in when we first got the internet, we were living in Woodridge and... One of our family members had told us about this cemetery, and so I contacted a parapsychologist and got directions to how
0: to find the cemetery. Now, And the reason it's hard to find is because it's completely overgrown, like it's not used anymore. Right. And you can't see it from the street.
1: It's actually a quarter mile into a forest preserve, right? Okay. So you can't see it from the street. It's off the beaten path. Okay. So, Bachelor's Grove Cemetery is notable for ghost activity. It was said at the time that 100% of the time you go to Bachelor's Grove, day or night, you are going to get an experience. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, I Googled and I had reached out to a parapsychologist that wrote about this Bachelor's Grove Cemetery, and I got the location. And so one night, I'm in my 20s, and I'm with a group of friends. I'm like, do you guys want to do something? And they're like, yeah, what do you want to do? And I'm like, do you guys want to go to a haunted cemetery? And they're like, oh, sure, it's not haunted. And they were like, we were just like being stupid kids, right? I'm the oldest. Mm -hmm. There is Mm -hmm. six of us, okay? So we get in the car, and we're in a van, and we go to this haunted cemetery because I'm like, I have the directions in my hot little hand. And so I'm with my boyfriend at the time and his two friends and their girlfriends. And I am six feet tall. As you know, I mentioned it a lot. But at this time, Jen, this is when you and I are running every day and I am feeling myself. I am athletic and I'm looking around this van on our way there and I'm like, okay, if some shit goes down, because again, I'm the oldest in this van who is the winkest link? And I look at this girl named Hannah and, and she's, a, she's a short girl and she has very tiny limbs. And I'm thinking if anything goes down, Hannah's the winkest link. So I got to look out for Hannah. So we get there, we park on the street and we walk to the entrance of the forest preserve. And we're walking that quarter mile at night into the forest preserve mm-hmm. and the road leading to the cemetery. The path is overgrown. It has roots coming up out of the asphalt. It's very rocky. You can't see the street anymore as you're going further and further into the Forest Preserve. And lo and behold, on our right, there is a gate and an entrance into Bachelors Grove Cemetery. So it's completely enclosed, Other than the entrance and on the far left side of the cemetery, there is a river. So it's completely closed off. So if you go in, that's the only way out.
0: You have to turn around and go out the same way.
1: Exactly. So we get in there and there are three kids and they're doing the exact same thing we were doing. They scared the shit out of us at first. We're like, oh man, you scared us. Cause they were like, oh, boo. And I was like, oh my God. So they like (laughs) shake up with the dudes and everything. And so we're walking around the cemetery and nothing's happening. So my boyfriend, the genius that he was, was like, we're going to go into the woods. And I'm like, I'm not going into the woods. So he and I are having this conversation as we exit Bachelors Grove Cemetery, Back on the path, and we go further into the forest preserve, having the fight over the keys. Because I, this old girl, ain't going into the into the woods, right? So me and the girl we just met in the cemetery, and Hannah, we're going to go back to the van and wait for them to explore the woods. So we have to mm-hmm. pass. Everyone has now exited. The cemetery, and is further into the forest preserve. And Hannah, this other girl, and I have to pass the entrance to the cemetery to get back on the way to go to the street. Mm-hmm. And so I got the keys in my hand. Hannah's to my right, the girl's on my left, and we're walking towards the cemetery. And I see suspended in the middle of the cemetery, like a light, just like a light bulb without a a fixture, just hanging there, what? and it's just a light. And I see it, and again, I don't want to panic anyone. <laughs> just want to get out of there. So I just am like, just keep going. Just keep going. The girl next to me that we just met in the cemetery yells, run! So we all start running, and Hannah takes off like a bat out of hell. Like, again, Jen, you and I were running every day together. <laughs> I shit you not, this girl, this little itty-bitty girl ran the, the fastest, and I'm going, oh, my God. I'm like, Hannah. Hannah I'm like you're gonna don't I was like calm down you're gonna fall because I can see it coming because this road is just full of like roots coming up Mm -hmm. and sure enough she smacks dab right on the pavement the girl that we were with just ran straight to the road and I get up to Hannah and I'm like Hannah get up Hannah get up she goes no no, just leave me. And I'm like, Hannah, get up. So I grab her by the back of her hoodie, and I am pulling her. And she's scrambling like in a cartoon to get to her feet <laughs> to the road. And finally, we get there. And I'm like, <sighs> so, yeah, so that happened. So the guys get back to the car. Everyone gets back to the car. I'm like, this happened. They don't believe us. Well, the next over the next couple of days, my best friend, Megan, and my best friend, Sonia, I told them the story and they wanted to go to Bachelor's Grove, right?
0: What? No. And see,
1: this is the exploring places of lower privation. So now I already experienced you. This I already was- stop it. I already experienced that this place could possibly be of a lower privation, could have some some shiznizzle in it. And yet I'm like, hey, you guys, this happened. Let's go to Bachelor's Grove. And Megan and Sonia are like, okay, let's go. And so we get there. And again, I spoke about Megan before. She walks like the Pink Panther. She's very long. She's very slow. She doesn't move fast for for any good reason. And Sonia is my little scarecrow friend. Like, literally, she has ESD. So, like, her limbs fall apart. Like, seriously. She'll, like, will be walking and her hip will be, like, over there. And you'll be like, what happened? So both so of these girls. Joints, her, yeah.
0: Her joints come out of the socket.
1: Exactly. Spontaneously. So both of these girls are very, very slow. All right. And then there's me. So we're walking this this quarter mile, and this is broad daylight, Mm -hmm. into the cemetery or into the forest preserve leading to the cemetery. And we get there and they're afraid to go in to the cemetery. And I'm like, you guys, we drove so far to get here. It was like an hour come into the cemetery. I was like, bark, 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 and they're like, finally got in and they only stayed around the perimeter. And I was like, bark, bark. you guys are a bunch of wusses whatever. So we go like Megan drops me back off at our house in Woodridge where you and I were living. And that night, I was watching a movie in the basement of our Woodridge house. And again, like in Woodridge, you walk in the front door and you're on a platform. You can either go up to the living room, dining room, kitchen area, and Jen and Dennis's and mom's bedroom. Or you can make a right, turn on the lights because the light switch for to the family room in the basement is right there by the front door. Open a door and then go down and then you would be in our family room, right? And that's mm-hmm. where... That's where I was watching TV. My room is off the family room in the basement. So I'm watching this horrible movie. I'll never forget it. It was called Ode to Billy Joel.
0: Ode to Billy Joel.
1: It is Ode to Billy Joel. It's a terrible movie from 1976. And I was like, I'm never going to get these moments of my life back. Anyway, I hear someone coming downstairs and I think it is our sister who's spending the night at our house and she's supposed to be sleeping on the couch in the in the living room upstairs so I hear someone walking down and I think it's our sister going to be like turn down the tv so I'm turning down the tv as I'm hearing these footsteps so I can say it is turned down so anyway (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) so I hear the footsteps the door opens and no one comes out
0: Shut up, Jill. I
1: swear to God. So I'm like, fuck, because the light switch is on the other side of that open door. So I'm in the dark, in the family room, and... No one came down. So I walk, leave the TV on. I walk to my bedroom. I turn on every light. And I'm just like, okay, the TV's still on. I didn't care. I'm like, Sam Michael, there And I'm like all afraid. And I can hear footsteps going back and forth.
0: <gasps> no, you didn't. Yes, I did.
1: And I'm Jill. like, fuck. I'm like, mom is through that doorway upstairs. There's no way I'm staying down here. So I like literally held my breath Called on Saint Michael and ran up the stairs, through the door, up the stairs, down the hallway, like jumped over Kindle, our dog who was laying outside your bedroom door with her tail wagging as she saw me running towards her. She was all happy. I was like Kindle, move! And I jump into Mom's bed. I jump over her and I'm like, Mom, there's a ghost. Mom, there's a ghost. And she's like, Shh, 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 shh. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I'm like, I don't know. It's a ghost. So the next day, I woke up and I blessed the house. And do you remember? Because I think you were there when I was blessing the house. Yeah,
0: I think I was like having my cornflakes and you were walking around <laughs> like, spraying everything with holy water. I was like, the power of Christ Not... compels you. The power of Christ compels you. So I just look at mom and mom goes, something followed her home from the cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> like Whatever. it was normal. Like it was normal okay, place. So yeah. So um, a couple problems with your judgment.
1: <clears throat> I have heard that before.
0: Number one is you going to a notable place that was haunted that had some of the these negative energies or at least ghost activity. I agree. Like you went once and then you went back. Yes. Right? Especially after you were kind of war- warned. I know. By seeing that light. I know. Secondly...
1: Egging on Megan and Sonia, acting like I was like hot shit, that was really bad. That That, was was your
0: behaviors that you were talking about, like negative behaviors, manipulation, control. And you were at, by bringing something into the house, that was an infestation that you brought there. Thanks. So I think at that point, if you were like a different person who was different, like minded, you might have tried to communicate or interact with that entity. That had come to the house, but instead you banished it. Dude. But it could have gone either way.
1: No, for sure.
0: That's the message here. Like, don't, don't interact with something that follows you home.
1: Yeah, Don't interact with something that follows you home, that's already in your home, that's doing things like that. That's not okay. Even if it is your loved one, that behavior isn't typical of loved ones that have passed over on the other side within light and love to be doing. So even mm-hmm. if it is like Uncle Roger or whatever, why is Uncle Roger still there doing that? You would want to ask Uncle, uh, whoever it is, Uncle Roger or whoever, to go to the light because that's right. not typical behavior of beings that are of the light.
0: Okay, so in your in your story you mentioned saying uh prayers and cleansing cleansing the house with holy water. What are some other ways that you can protect yourself if you think you might have something that followed you home or if you think you're one of the lower levels of possession, what can you do? Oh, Jesus Christ. So that's one.
1: <laughs> like I said, bring <laughs> <laughs> call on Jesus Christ. Yeah. Call on Jesus, bring in St. Michael or who whatever deity or entity that brings you love, strength, and light. Call on your people on the other side for protection. Prayers. If you are in control of your environment, you could add music, uplifting music to a situation, to an environment, bring more light in, either lighten up the rooms, get um, get more light literally more light into a room because what i know about hauntings is that they like dark places that no one goes dark places Mm -hmm. with clutter even boxes could draw in a spirit into that area so you want to make it very uncomfortable for them clean up make it light bring light in there smells like incense sage bring it all in bring it all in Colors that bring calm or uplifting colors that symbolize something for you, like blues or purples. Um, those are what I would choose. Pictures mm-hmm. of your loved ones. Have your loved ones in that space, the essence of them, like pictures of mom I would put in areas of the house that I'm not occupying in a lot, like my my den upstairs. Stones, I got me some crystals. Clear quartz mm-hmm. or whatever stone r- resonates with you that symbolizes protection. like um. Mm-hmm
0: tourmaline or whatever what is it called tourmaline
1: tourmaline yep
0: what's the significance of the holy water and those sort of cleansing rituals what do you think
1: it's a reminder of faith and it's like you're bringing in um like the sage is bringing in the cleansing spirit the holy water is cleansing it's like saying that i am of this of this faith and I'm using this as an extension of that faith and that um extension of the lord or whomever to 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 claim the space as of their light in my own space does that make mm-hmm. sense
0: it does and I like to think of rituals as a powerful way to focus intention so if mm-hmm. your intention is to banish negativity to banish unwanted spirits then a ritual is a good way to really focus that and bring that intention to life. Jen, what if you're in an area that you can't control the environment? Like if you're at someone else's house or in a public space or, Mm -hmm. again, like at a conference or, yeah. I think um, there are ways that you can protect yourself Almost by creating a psychic barrier, like envisioning yourself uh, with a bubble around you or behind glass, or even I like to picture an angel with its wings wrapped around me. Oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it all depends on what situation you're in, but there are different psychic protections that you can visualize to, uh, to repel um, negativity off of you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And if um, you feel like you have an unwanted spirit or something following you around, you can always visualize cutting those cords or mm-hmm. um, cleansing your energy, cleansing your aura
0: of it is another. Yeah, and there's there are so many meditations out there, cord-cutting meditations, psychic-cleansing meditations. You can just Google that and find a bunch to do if you're looking for some meditations.
1: Bottom line, people – like for real, I like to think of spirits as people or as beings. So if someone followed you home from the cemetery and opened the door, would you be like, hey, what do you want? What do you need? What's your name? No, you would be like, get the fuck out of my house. (laughs) Like, who are you? Why are you here? Right? Like, think about it in that sense. Like, I know, like, I'm not gonna lie. This is this whole spiritual take on looking at things is very intriguing and can draw you in and it makes you feel like you have a superpower when you're connected to it, but don't get confused. Don't get confused like this is not like you're you are a person of this world you're not supposed to be all in that world. you're mm. not supposed to be relying all in on that world. They're supposed to be balanced that's a good okay. Point. So if you're obsessed with it, if you're like really check yourself and look to say, well, how am I contributing to my own risk factors? Because the last thing I want in even in this space with you doing this podcast, John, it's like our risk factor is up there, right? It is. We really have to check. Yeah, it is. We really got to check ourselves. Like where are we We playing? We do.
0: We have to protect ourselves. We have to strengthen our root chakras as well as our crown chakras. Mm, I had a problem with my root chakra lately. Oh, Oh, Lord. Please don't get into that. (laughs) All right. So basically, Jill, if someone thinks they are possessed, who should they call?
1: Not us. (laughs) Hang up. (laughs) Dial 911. We are not for you. Honestly, there is nothing we can do for you. We can say a prayer if you (laughs) you want Prayer. If you want to send us an email requesting prayers, week, we'll pray. Don't don't tell me anything about <laughs> don't it. Just even be like, email hey. us
0: about it. We don't want <laughs> we don't want that in our inbox.
1: You know what, guys? We'll just pray for everyone out there listening.
0: We'll just that's a good idea. Yeah. So yeah, we'll just send you light and love, <laughs> and keep it to
1: yourself. No, but seek out a professional. Whether it be what, a, in, what professional? Go, go to go to a psych. Dr. Lisa yourself up. and if that doesn't work, go to a church. If you are using supernatural reasons to justify your behaviors in like that you're doing now,
0: that's a problem. That is a problem. Exactly. So Jill, what what are we talking about next week then for part two of this two part bonus? It gets worse. What do you mean?
1: We're gonna look at actual um, counts of possession and talk about them and have our take on them.
0: Are you going to find the scariest ones you can?
1: Yeah, but I also want your opinion on the Warrens. So I want you to start looking at the Warrens because I want your take on them.
0: I'm a little on the fun. Sounds good. I'm excited about that. All right, tell the people where they can find us.
1: Well, check out our website, commonmystics.net. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And listen in wherever you get your favorite podcast.
0: And don't forget to leave us a positive review on Apple so that other people can find us. Thank you, guys. Good night.